The ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the views or opinions of any current or previous employers. Turned all the way up. Okay. Can you hear me all right? Oh, yeah. For the record, I know that you can't tell, but I sound I mean, it would, it, really be, would it really be the construction management podcast if it sounded good? Wouldn't. People <laughs> would be like, Tris is a couple where you're like, wow, that both mics sounded good and everything was timed right and it was like really good. And then the next podcast, one of us is screaming and the other one's muffled. Damn. You want to hear somebody that's just going to piss you off? I, I have had people reach out to me and say, hey, can I help you? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't need any help. But, you know, help you. you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, but there's, you know, they want to charge. They were like, hey, can I help you? But here's what, here are my rates. And I'm like, oh, this isn't out of the kindness of your heart, which I get, man. People are just, you know, like, like, there's, a, there's a business around it because guys like you and me didn't use it. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Well, you know what it reminds me of, man? So here's a, here's something. Just I know we're, we're supposed to be talking about something else today, but here's what this reminds me of. So people reach out to me and they're like, hey, can I help you? Here's what I charge. And I'm like, it's too expensive. But but isn't that the same thing people say to trades? Like, and I'll give you an example. I had, you saw that leak or that clogged pipe I had in the lemon house, right? Yeah. Plumber, plumber said it was the worst clog he's ever seen in his life. He's been doing it for 15 years. It cost me $2,000. He, I had two plumbers come out. The first one is cheap, right? Mm-hmm. He charged me like a hundred bucks, snaked my sink, and was like, "Yep, that should do it." He leaves, sink fills up with water, like nothing. Cost me a hundred bucks, <laughs> right? So second plumber comes out, and he's like, "It's two <laughs> He says to me, "I couldn't believe it." He goes, "It's two hundred and thirty dollars an hour," and and I'm like, "Ouch!" But I'm thinking he's just gonna he's gonna just snake the pipe. He's gonna be gone in an hour. Two thousand dollars later, yeah, he's done. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, first thing he does is like a half an hour cigarette break. He's like, well, he says to me through the course this of the is day, gonna make a lot of money. <laughs> well, through the course of the day, he says, look, he snakes it, and he says, look, your problem is beyond just snaking this line. And 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 I'm like, what? Wow, well, you saw the pictures, right? Dude, there was like 10 foot of drain line completely compacted with junk from the previous homeowners because I know what goes down a drain and what doesn't. And uh, and he had to cut holes. He had to cut my, like a big section of my basement ceiling out and he had to cut 10 feet. Of the, also, the pipe didn't have pitch to it. So it was just level across my basement ceiling. So, the, it, so it couldn't drain anyway. So anyway, so he cuts my basement ceiling out. He cuts a big section of the pipe out. You know, I'm pissed that I'm paying $2,000. But the thing is, the first plumber that was 100 bucks is like, snaked it, you're good, and leaves. Second plumber puts a snake down in it, and he's like, this is not just snaking a line. He knew, because right. because you pay for what you get. Well, and, and, the, and the other guy was still kind of like a quick hundred. Like, that's just what, like you said, you get what you pay for. 
Well, you know what's um, funny? What plumber only charges $100 an hour? <laughs> I should have known better. <laughs> uh, so, but you, but he's you waiting me, for you to walk around the corner and he just like shop backed out a few gallons of water. He's like, yeah, well, it works. Yeah. So, yeah, but it, but it's just like people reaching out and saying, hey, can we help you with your audio issues? And I'm like, oh, it's too expensive. But you and I just monkeyed around with this thing for half an hour trying to get the sound to work. All right. So I have this theory here. My dad used to say it to me a lot. And I guess it was for his himself. So it's like what he considered. He said, what's your time worth? Like, you work a lot when you are off. Do you want to spend eight hours of your Saturday? You know, here's here's why I'm, I'm getting my, my some dents fixed on my truck, a bunch of different stuff, getting it all fixed. And one of the things that also needs done is my running boards. They just need to be painted again. They're, they're 100,000 miles on them. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to pay them to do that. I'll do that myself. Like, I'll go buy 60 bucks worth of paint and yeah. take these all off and sand them all down. And I was like, what, what am I talking about? How how much money would I give to not have to do that? <laughs> but, yeah, man. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about um, professional development and how to self-reflect to understand what you need and then how to get the skills that you need. And let me let me give you an example. Well, you and I, we both, we get a lot of people have asked us, hey. Like I give you, I give you a real life example. Just last week, I had a, a gentleman who's who said to me, he's like, "Listen, you know, eight years ago I was pouring concrete. Now, now I'm not just a construction manager, but I'm I've actually I'm like middle management at this company. I've advanced my career. I never in a million years would have thought that my career, like I would be doing anything other than pouring concrete. And he's like, I want to take the next step in my career, and I don't know how. What, like, I don't know what skills I need." And I said, well, hold on a second. What position do you want? And the guy says, you know, I want, I want this position. I won't get into details, but he said, I want this position. And I said, okay, what skills does that position need? And he said, well, they got to know, you know, they have to understand the legal side of construction. They have to understand, you know, the finance side of construction. They need to understand, you know, how to communicate with, with other people. And I was like, sounds like you're writing a list of skills down. And he, he's like, yeah, I guess. And I'm like, okay, do you have those skills? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay. So you've done the self-reflection. You understand what you need to get to the next level. You know what the skills are. Now you just need to seek somebody out that can help mentor you in those skills, or you need to take a class or read a book or listen to a podcast or whatever. Right. Exactly. But you've identified the skills you need. Now you need to go after and you need to figure out a way to get those skills and then prove that you have them. Well, and definitely. And are, are we talking about like what it takes to get yourself ready to be a construction manager, or what a construction manager takes to take his career to the next level? I think it's I think it's either way. I think it's any, and it doesn't. You don't have to be. So I, I tell people all the time, they're like, "Oh, you know, I want to be better at my job." I'm like, you don't have to. Your goal doesn't have to be to take to be promoted. Your goal could be if you're talking about professional development. Your goal can be I want to be better at the job I'm doing because I love it. Or it can be, I want to be promoted to the next level because I love this industry, right? It doesn't, it doesn't always have to be centered around a promotion. It can just be, I want to be better at my job. What skills do yep. I need to do it? We, we talk a lot in my job right now about building an elite team. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of this is like, you know, I think so many people, like you said, don't really understand what skills they need to be better at 
some people think that they're already good at what they're doing and they don't have any ways to improve and that every every new thing that they hear is wrong and it should be the way that it used to be. And that's just not the case, man. We're always evolving techniques and products and uh, processes. So, so you have to be training. Otherwise, you're staying stagnant and the, the, the world's starting to pass you by a little bit. Can I say to you, I am sick of hearing, I, it used to be this way, or it should be this way because this is the way I've always done it. Man, that was, the way I've always done it. I hear yeah, that, that a lot. That is, that is, that's just, a, that's the wrong way to think about it, man, because time, like technology advancing is advancing so rapidly. There is no such thing as, well, this is how I did it yesterday. You know yep. what I mean? And the people that are stuck in that are, are going to get left behind. And honestly, man, I think for a long time, that's where the construction industry has been. Um, you know, but I, ju I just read an article where they were talking about how technology is advancing in construction faster than any other industry because of all the, the younger people getting into it <laughs> and the fact that people are waking up to the fact that you know, computers aren't just for holding papers down. <laughs> you can actually well, do I mean, something. And I'm not surprised to hear that because traditionally, like the last industry to evolve, I mean, you can still do this same job. It doesn't matter how big or small on a pen and paper. I mean, you can. It just doesn't make it efficient. And that's not the way people communicate. And you yeah. have to roll with those punches. I don't think you can anymore because as much as, because the trades aren't using a pen and paper anymore. So unless you're building like one house in the middle of nowhere with a trade base that doesn't hasn't embraced technology, like if you, I give you a great example. I watched I watched um, a construction manager write a date down on a post-it note, take a picture of it, and send it to their trade. And I said, <laughs> "What are you What are you doing?" And he said, "Scheduling." And I said, <laughs> "I said this is this is a couple of years." I was like, "This is 2022, man." Yeah, great use of the tech. <laughs> I was like, you don't, what are you doing? Like, that's your, you're embracing technology by writing yeah. that date on a post-it note? What technology, are you embracing the post-it note as technology? I don't understand. Right. Is it the pen well, that's yeah. <clears throat> Look, one of the things in the, in this line of, uh, of our topic here, like, you know, I, I hear guys saying all the time, we do it like that because that's what we've always done. And I corrected some folks the other day and said, that's the last way you want to be. Nobody wants to hear that want to hear how it works for our system today um you know if, if you i think the problem is that for a lot of guys learning a new a new tool or a new system new process whatever it's easier for them to do it the way that they that they know without having to look at their notes or you know having to remember how many clicks you need to get to it so it's easier to go around it and you know what the truth is you have to adapt to it because those systems are what drives the whole business yeah i, I think i think when somebody says that, they don't realize that there's a diminishing return on it, right? Because it might be easier today, but as everybody else embraces the te technology, it's going to get harder and harder and harder to maintain that. And eventually, you're just going to be asked to leave. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you hope not. But, I mean, that's what happens when, you know, if the job, if you're an A-plus at your job because you can use all the tools, um, that's that's one of the things I'd say would be a, would be a great way to advance your career. And self-reflection what are the things that i need to work on if it takes yeah. me a long time to run with my erp my scheduling tool maybe i need training on that you know if, if i know how to use the er this is this is a problem for a lot of the younger guys some of them pick up really quickly the, the electronic stuff 
but they don't actually know how to put a house together. So like you said, the list of things that you need, sometimes it's not only good to make a list of things that you need, but also to go to your management and ask them what they think you need. And sure. that on your list. Well, I think it's twofold, right? I think if, um, so in this, I'll give you an example of something that I've done in the past. When I was, um, um, I was in like a middle management position years ago. I, so I, I, I had a, um, I had a review. Like I thought it was really good. And I had a review and, and the manager said, look, you're really good at all these things, but here's, here are things you suck at. And <laughs> it was like, I don't understand. I'm good at everything. And, uh, but like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, well, what else am I not good? At? So I went back to my desk and I was like, and I, I was like, all right, what skills does it take to do this job? And I like listed them all out. And I was like, okay. And I rated myself one to five. I'm like, you know, yelling at dudes in the street, five. <laughs> Very good at that. <laughs> really good at that. But I like, I like, I had like a list of like 10 skills and I like rated them. And I realized if I was being honest with myself, there was a whole handful of them that I was not good at. And I was like, you know, it, it took some self-reflection and, and some, you know, being honest with myself and went back to my manager and I said, look, you said I sucked at this. I think I suck at these other things too. And he was like, yeah, you can do yeah, some you work. Do. I just didn't hurt your feelings. He's like, I didn't want you to cry. There's only so much room in those bullets in your review. You know, I only had an hour to sit down with you. So, but, but, so I, I, key topics and keep moving, you know. But I asked him, I said, okay, who's the best at, at, you know, this skill? And he was like, this person. I was like, great. I wrote their name down. I was like, who's the best at this skill? And he told me, I'm like, okay, great. And I like listed all these people. And those, I went to those people and I said, look, I, from what I understand, I'm not good at this. <laughs> how, do I get, wait, how do I get better at this? And they, you know, and I listened to them and they all gave me advice. And not only was I able to increase my skill set, I also increased my, my sphere of influence or my network within my organization because I had all these leaders that understood that I was interested in professional development. I, I was interested in getting better, not just maintaining the status quo. You know, and it really, it, um, it made a huge difference in my professional career. And look, this is this is also kind of a sidebar. Why a review process is so important to professional development. Like, if you don't go seek out the feedback for your own pros and cons, you're not going to get better. You're going to think you're doing it right. And you know, I, I've been I've been shown better ways to do things all throughout my career. And you can either choose to take them or not. But the best way to do it is, like you said, I think the first two steps are write down your list of things you think you need to work on, talk to your manager about things that they think you need to work on, and then seek out the experts in those categories and get their advice. Maybe they point you toward a class or, you know, toward a, another person, you know, hey, I, this is who I learned from. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, look, it's really important. And, and if you don't do that for yourself, I mean, nobody's going to do it for you. You know, you, you have to seek out those, those proficiencies and try to find them. You really do. You know, not only that, you mentioned reviews. You, everybody thinks you have to wait till the end of the year or whatever to get a review. You can always go to your boss halfway through the year and say, hey, can I can I get a review? I don't want to be surprised at the end of the year. You know what I mean? I'd like to know where I'm at now so I can work to change it or improve where I need to improve. At the end of the year, you know, you're rating me as excellent or whatever instead of average or mediocre. Totally. And I, and, and I also think that 
scheduling those those intermediate you know workshops with your managers is really important laying out what your goals are and where you want to be can help your manager get you there you know if you never tell anyone yeah i think you told a story a long time ago it might have frustrated you too you were trying to get promoted and your manager at the time had said well yeah all you had to do is all you had to do is ask like i so didn't know that you wanted to move up into the managerial role. And we're like, oh, yeah, of course I did. I mean, like, yeah. this is a, you know, today's day and age, it's, it's totally not uncommon for me to get a meeting scheduled with someone who just says, hey, I just want to come talk to you. I want to share what my thoughts about my own career are and get your take on it. And I always try to give some direction and say, hey, look, first, write it down. This job, all jobs, a series of lists, man. Write it all down, get your thoughts in one place. Let's get you focused on some stuff that you need to work on. I find that there's a lot of guys that think they're way farther ahead than they really are, um, that are convinced that they're ready for the next step, and they're not necessarily killing it in all categories at their current step. So it, it, it's a it's a hard look at yourself, but I, I do it with myself. I, I kind of know most of the things I'm weak at and trying to work at it. Um, can I add to that? Because you're you you you're right. So it's one thing to ask for the advice, to seek out the the critique or the review, but if you're not willing to accept it, you're wasting everybody's time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've done I've done reviews with people in the past where they were arguing with me. I'm like, here's what I'm seeing, and they're like, no, that's not right. And I'm like, okay, here's here's what I'm seeing, and here's why. And they're like, no, it isn't right. I, I don't do that. And I'm like, huh, okay. So I think if you're gonna, if you're interested in professional development, you have to be willing to hear some things that you may not necessarily want to hear. And it's hard. It, it is really hard. That's the hardest part. And then you have to act on it. So it's one thing to say, okay, I did the review. I was told what I need to do. Huh. But if, if you do nothing with that information, you're wasting time. You're wasting everybody's time. You actually need to take action. You need to say, okay, like for me, one of the things I sucked at was accounting, was budgeting. And I had to, um, I mean, I had to take a deep dive. I, I was actually, I, my job was being reviewed. And I remember the reviewer was like, asked me if I could even count to 10, it was so bad. But I had, I, nobody had ever shown me how to do it. And he, and he was like, you suck at this. And I was like, please help me. And he did, and I got really good at it. I mean, I'm tail end of, putting together a training about financial stuff and construction specifically. And I, I didn't really even need to ask for what topics we need to discuss. I know exactly what everybody needs. I can see where the things are that are, that are weak in my game and, and who needs to do what. And the only reason why I know all that stuff is because I was at some point and I had to go through that same training and up to speed and, taking that pride for yourself and prepping and not making it everybody else's fault. I mean, in construction in general, a lot of times, especially in production home building, a lot of times you're stuck with everybody else's hard work. And if they don't get an A plus, you still have to turn whatever that grade is that they handed you into an A plus. And that's yeah. tough to do. It's like doing a group assignment with people and nobody's working except you. Yeah, they're phoning <laughs> it in and yeah, it, and, and you've got to present it at the end. You're like, oh, yeah, that's it, man. Like you have best. to turn it in with your name on it. And you're like, oh, mm, this is tough. <laughs> I want to kill everybody in this group. It feels like that. And sometimes, you know, if we're talking about construction managers specifically, one of the things that I said is 
um, a, a lot of those, a lot of our construction managers in general, me included, when I was one, were really good at picking up the phone and calling out the work and writing it in our notebook. And we're bad about following up, making sure that the paperwork is squared away, that the work order or, or uh, purchase order is is entered and there's an agreement in place. And then what you end up with is trying to clean up a big mess after a few months go by because you did a great job of dialing up the work, but didn't manage the process to get them paid. Um, and then you have lots more work to do and it slows the flow of things. So that's one training that I know that just about everybody in construction can can be ahead of is like think about what bucket those costs are going in before you spend that money or before you call out that work and try to get those things organized and understood before you get there are we still talking about professional development we are <laughs> that's i'm saying as a, as a construction manager i know that that's a weak point in general oh. and that everybody can think like that and look maybe what i need to do is have a list of vendors that i need to reconcile with weekly to make myself better at the financial aspects of my job. Sure. So yes, it directly translates. I wasn't talking to say It's not like that. <laughs> it's like, wait, are we, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, is that what we're talking about? Specific things in professional development for construction yeah, no, we, managers? We, we, we are. We really are. And, and we're really what we're talking about is, and, and the, reason this is, the reason this is relevant, let me start there, is because things are slowing down. You know, the vast majority of people in construction management are building houses. Interest rates have spiked. Um, the market is softening. Things are slowing down. And if you're going to, to which give, which is actually kind of gives some people an advantage, because if you don't have a backlog of 50, 60, 70 houses, maybe now you have the time to actually devote to yourself and, in, and increase or improve your skills. So if things are slowing down on the job site, don't just get lazy and put your feet up. This is when you start building yourself. You start working on yourself instead of, you know, the crazy pace that we've had in the past. So being focused and precise. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know a lot of guys are getting lazy. Not, I don't want to say lazy, but a lot of, lot of, I know a lot of guys that are that are like, hey, this is just an opportunity. For, I can finally breathe. And I'm like, well, okay, man, but don't get comfortable. There's that, there's that expression, comfort once you're dead. And it does. I have a t-shirt that says comfort once you're dead. Because the second you get comfortable and complacent, you're going to get rolled over. So it's rough. It and is. Look, it's it, look. Your cycles in construction. It's it slows sometimes. It picks up others. You you're never you're never through that. That's the way it's always been. So you're right. You got to take those those maybe relief points in your schedule or your yeah. year and try to use them to your advantage and getting ahead of the things that you need to work on is key. Well, and that's the other thing, dude. If you take advantage of those slow times, of your your busy times would be that much better because you will be better at your job because you will have sharpened your saw while you were slow. Now you can chop that effing tree down a lot <laughs> faster because you took the time to actually develop yourself instead of just putting your feet up, you know, drinking Red Bull and eating gas station burritos. <laughs> I didn't realize how many people actually do live off of gas station hot dogs and taquitos that's a thing man it is a thing man. actually do that it is it's killing our people right <laughs> <laughs> they need to eat a salad for f's sake go eat a salad i i the first thing i do when i'm like on job sites man and somebody pulls up in their truck i always walk over and look inside I'm like what house of horrors am i gonna see on the inside of this truck 
and nine times out of ten, it's like Red Bull cans or Monster yeah. cans, and you know, trash from Seven Eleven or Wawa's or wherever they've been. Yeah, just judge you for my fifth cup of coffee. Right. Well, sips coffee. Mm, that's <laughs> that, that's not good for you. <laughs> Uh, it, it is. It is. You know, I do drink like five or six cups of coffee a day. I, I should probably stop. Slow down. Let's say slow down. I just can't do it while I'm stressed. At the same time, it's good for my heart. All right. So, uh, one other thing that I'd like to say is that when looking for to develop yourself professionally, you have to recognize that it it's not it's not going to be easier at least right away. Developing yourself takes work, man. And it means that you have to go maybe after you're done with your actual job to put extra effort into it. You can't substitute one for the other. So recognize if you're looking to develop yourself, you're going to have to put some work in. And and that is uncomfortable sometimes, right? It might be late night or early morning. You know, I mean, I'm glad you said that because you're right. And, and I think that's where a lot of people stop because they're like, what? I gotta do this after work. I gotta do whatever, and uh, and you're right, man. That's uh, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought it up because it is hard and it takes discipline. And, you know, some, maybe you gotta work on yourself on Saturday instead of hunting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's true, and you know, I maybe I was choosing to record a podcast for go on, and here I am. <laughs> I'm interested in your per- professional development to to our listeners. How about that? I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point though, because it is hard and it takes discipline. Um, but it pays off. It I, I promise every listener, if you take the time to develop your your skills, your professional skills, it will pay off in the end because people will recognize it. You'll be up for that next promotion, you'll get a bigger raise because people will see that you're not just punching a time clock, but you are actually interested in the work that you're doing and and perfecting your craft, whatever that happens to be. Jason, let me tell you, that's a great conversation. You made some great points today. I, and uh, I'm glad we were finally able to connect, get together. We have to do this more often. Yeah, man, definitely. It's uh, just good to be back. Try to keep it going. I know that y'all don't believe us. It's because we're liars. I think I'm excited. 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 I'